<laughs> one of my faves, Miss Terry Truett Baker. I don't. Is that the right order? Yeah, oh, that is the right order. That's I nailed it. it. I got it. Um, Hence the TTB on the license plate. Everybody I, thought it was toes to the bar, and it's actually my initials. You do like toes to bar, though. I do. I love them. Okay. I didn't realize. Okay. All right. You learn something new every day. There you go. There you go. All right, my job is done here. <laughs> um, no, but as you guys know, uh, the whole purpose of this podcast is just to introduce you all to people in the community that have uh, cool stories, and there's basically a cool story with everybody that walks in the door, and mm-hmm. uh, as Terry and I were just discussing, um, I think we all have seasons in our life, and those I've seasons- had about six. Yeah, six seasons <laughs> in a four-season year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we'll dive into it. Um, but first, Terry, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, you, you can give you the version. You can give the long version or the bumper sticker version, whichever one you want. Hmm. Well, let's see what just comes out. I'm okay. Going to flow. Right just now. go. Just go. Well, I am 49 years old. I live here in Virginia Beach with my fabulous husband. Um, no children. We have a puppy dog. What kind I of dog? She is a mix. She's a pit terrier boxer. Okay. We adopted her from the ASPCA and she's the greatest thing we've ever done. That's cool. Isn't that funny? I the thought CrossFit was the greatest thing. Yeah, I thought CrossFit was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. But all right, we'll go with the dog. Okay. Okay. So um, that's your that's your that's your child. It's my baby. Okay. She's having surgery in the morning just throwing For what? it in. She's getting her teeth cleaned and it's a whole big process. They have to take blood. Okay. They've got to know she's okay cuz they put them under. Oh yeah, we've been to the tune that. of a $1000. To clean their teeth. Yes. You could just brush that dog's teeth right? and get it over with. No, she's not going to do it. But, um, Don't they I have f- like the little things you feed them and it takes care of that? Yeah, the dentist sticks. We've the, used them. Okay. But you her know, gums are swollen, so we need to go uh, ahead and take care of it. I tell you what we did years ago, and this is way off topic, everybody, so we're <laughs> whopping two minutes into this and we're going to take a detour. We, we've been feeding our dog, uh, our dogs, well, one now, but uh raw diet for years Hmm. so everybody is confused by that it's raw chicken bone in really yep and you just can't feed them cooked bones because then they splinter but Mm -hmm. non-cooked bones don't splinter so it's not Hmm. it's not an issue and they have have had really clean teeth ever since then because the bones take all of that when they eat them and chew them up that's good yeah and so no blue buffalo for 60 dollars a bag no, uh, and it's way cheaper. Yeah. And our Great Dane is going on. We just figured it out. We've been trying to figure it out forever. I he'll he'll be like he'll be eleven in like mm, February or March. And that's, so he's basically two thousand years old in Great Dane years. Yeah, and Great Danes are supposed to not live that long. No. Yeah. No. Well, that's great. Yeah, he might have got six months chopped off his life with a recent episode, but um, hmm. I mean, really long time. So. I keep seeing myself on the video. Yeah. <laughs> Terry loves herself, everybody. I do. You're like, look at how good I look. For the first time ever. Look at how good I look. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So you've been in Virginia Beach for how long? I came back from California about 13 years ago. Okay. And then uh, a little bit, I mean, I know your background, but kind of. Well, long story short, um, through high school, I was very fat about 250 pounds and all I wanted to do is sing on Broadway so right after high school I ran I auditioned for AMDA American Musical and Dramatic Academy so I got in New York City it's in Manhattan Mm -hmm. I know nothing Um, about the okay so I moved up there I went to AMDA it's only a two-year certificate program 
So real quick backtrack. Were you, were you always overweight? From childhood? Yes. So, never did sports, okay. never did anything as a child. Which teenager. is funny because we'll get into the collegiate gymnastics later. But yes, we yeah, will. yeah, we will. But okay, um, go ahead. So I went through the whole program at AMDA, two years. It's only a two year certificate. So I completed that. I was working three jobs to sustain. I had a fabulous job at Union Square Cafe working for Danny Meyer. I worked there for about 12 years. I lived in New York for about 12 years. And was never so deep comfortable. deep in the restaurant business. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Never. That's where I got my start. Love of food and wine. Yes. Um, so never was comfortable with myself on stage. I could outsing anybody in the room. But when you're not confident and you're going up there and you're auditioning for Broadway shows, they'll eat you alive. So, so you wanted to be on Broadway but had a mm-hmm. profound fear of being in front of people. Yeah, for a long, long time. And it's crazy. Was that weird? It's weird. But I got up and I think it's a little strange. Okay. It's very odd. But, you know, at the time I was what they were looking for, big and robust. And that was the first time that we actually saw. Meaning in stature or personality? Both. Okay. You know me, both. Well, but I didn't know what they were looking for, I guess is my question. what, 25, 30 years ago, we didn't have the plus size like it is now. You know, this is us, prime example. They've got that beautiful plus size woman, the actress. So that came into mainstream. Which is great, but I think it has its negatives, but that's that's an aside. So I just never happy with myself. So that's when I discovered gymnastics. I just love the sport. I got a trainer. I was making, you know, great money living in the city, working three jobs. So my focus shifted so you started gymnastics. doing gymnastics when you were in New York. Oh, yeah. I was oh, 22 I thought, years old. Okay. I thought it was at school. Oh, no. I was 22 years old, about 250 pounds. That's right, because you went to school later. Mm-hmm, I did. That's right. Okay. So competed at the Empire State Games in like a master's division, which was me. And I wasn't, I mean, I was good for me. But being 250 pounds and dropping down to like 136 pounds, I was doing a, a you know, round off back handstring back tuck. That was great for me, having never done the sport. I had a kip on bars. What does that competition look like? Like, what are what are what are people that are competing in that type of gymnastics doing? Oh, like from a skill level. Uh, probably a um, like the on basics? the vault. It's a handspring vault that you learn when you're probably yeah, ten yeah, yeah. years old. Those little girls. About. Yep. And you know, round off back handspring. I mean, back tuck on floor. That's it. Maybe a back tuck on beam. I mean, and there's different levels. There was a girl that competed. Just like she in was, regular. Yeah, yeah. She was 17 years old going to college, and she did a full-in back out. I mean, I'm I don't even not there. So I did that and still working at the restaurant. And then I, this fabulous couple came in, and we were talking about gymnastics, University of Alabama, Sarah Patterson, and they're like, you need to come and finish your degree. I was 28 years old. Wait, I, how did that conversation happen? I know, right? Because I was their server. And I took care of them. We started talking about gymnastics. They said, what are you doing? Well, I, I want to be on Broadway, but I started to do gymnastics and I dropped all this weight. They, you need to come and finish your degree. So that's where that went. And you ended so up So I Alabama. did. I ended up at Alabama. I got a partial scholarship in the theater program. And then I became the manager of the gymnastics team because I couldn't, my eligibility wasn't there for the SEC. So I couldn't compete. I couldn't Why? even walk on. I couldn't, I think it was my age. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I never looked further into it because I was very happy doing what I was doing and being a part of the program, just not as an athlete. So it was great. I did that for two years, graduated from Alabama um, in 2001, theater and communications. So I was, wanted to be a sportscaster. 
Yeah, I still have my resume tape. That is hilarious. Yeah, there's another layer. So we're in two lives now. So then after Alabama, I drove across the country to California by myself because I wanted to do film and TV. Back to California. That was my first time there when I graduated from college. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. So then I went to LA. I lived there for about eight. I was in West Hollywood. (laughs) It was fabulous. Really close to Burbank. I did more print work than I got TV work. I auditioned. I was with KSA Models. For those that don't know, what's what's the difference between print work and TV work? Well, print work, you're getting your picture just taken. Just pictures. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They just loved my cute little face and whatever. I mean, so I, I did a lot of it. stuff like that. And then eight years, um, unfortunately, I got cervical cancer. So my sister was retiring from the Navy. And she's like, come on back to Virginia. Just close on the house and then we'll deal with your cancer. So I did that came home to Virginia. What? So how old raised. are you at this point? I am 32 years old. With cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. And so I had a hysterectomy and I'm one of the lucky ones. I've been cancer free for nine years now. That was in 2009. We're 18 still. We are. So that was nine years ago. I've been cancer free. Congrats. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I was getting ready to go back to California and then met my husband, Steve. <laughs> he was, was in the was Navy. Was he in the Navy at the time? That's he was what in I the thought. Navy at okay. the time. Now he's retired. So we met each other and been with him for eight and a half years. We've been married for four. Okay. So with the time with him, I gained all my weight back. All of it? Not all of it. I think I was probably about 185 pounds. Okay. And then with so him. So not even close. Because you said you were It two, felt like I was close, Fern. But you said you were two. I was 250. 250. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It felt like it because. It's 70 pound difference. So it's not all of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a lot of weight. So then some weirdness, um, running a restaurant in Suffolk and met a great, um, my regular customers who came in, they were working at a gym called Fit 10 Performance and they're like, you need to come. What and kind of I, gym was it? It's very small. But I mean like what, what are they doing there? Um, like a circuit, maybe Got a it. 30 minute circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. TRX, some weights. They Got had it. a lot of that stuff. Okay. So a group of women that were working out there, hey, let's do a bodybuilding competition. I'm like, okay, I'm in. So then it became about, I got another job. I was working two jobs. The f- second job was just to pay for bodybuilding because that was not cheap. Between what, the private what, what training. Is, got it. Okay. And then the bikini, which is hanging in my closet, cost me four, 400 and something dollars. Rhinestone, it's beautiful. Um, but then better the entry be, fees. Better be. The entry fees to the competition. Then the spray tan, all that stuff. So I did it. I competed two <laughs> bodybuilding competitions. I became eligible to become a pro. I won both. What? It was nuts. What's your weight look like at this point? I was 123 pounds when I competed. So you're down another 12 or so from... from oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And everyone thought I had cancer again. They were just like... And I was like, come because on. Because you're down on weight? Oh, because I was... I mean, I looked great for what I did for bodybuilding, but I was way too small for my frame, in my opinion. Even Steve, my husband, said, wow, okay. I like you so much better right now. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like some thick. Yeah, you like some thick girls. Right. I do too. It's yeah, cool. I'm cool. telling you. But I competed for I'm two years. I'm not saying that you're thick, honey. I'm just saying that like. <laughs> I'm thick right so, now. No, not I've you. I'm, my, talk, I'm talking oh, to my wife who's oh, listening okay. to this. Is like, what the? Your wife is gorgeous. Yeah, she's she's gorgeous. And the first time my husband met her, and I love him to death. He loves me. He doesn't look at other women. He was like, Terry, she is, I said, yeah, right? 
She's definitely better looking than I am. Yeah, she's awesome. But Uh um, then my bodybuilding coach always told me, don't do CrossFit. Why? It'll hurt you. They'll break your body. You'll never be the same. So she put this fear in me. So uh, I do. I have to ask this question because I just find this really interesting. Uh-huh. What, does she have any experience whatsoever with CrossFit? She said she had um, people that came to her for training. They had just come from CrossFit and their bodies were broken. And now looking back on that, and people say that to me when I say I got to find a CrossFit gym when I'm flying across the country. I'll be in Idaho for two days. I need to find a CrossFit gym. They're just like, really? I heard that that's really bad for your body. And I was like, really? Then you don't have the right coach. They're not teaching you the right things. And they're not doing it in the right manner. So I don't know. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we probably battle, the CrossFit community in general, is the the horror stories. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the horror stories that don't actually even exist yeah i knew a guy once that (laughs) blah 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 or the other one that kind of drives me up at the wall is like anytime some orthopedic surgeon says something ridiculous like crossfitters keep me in business i'm like really you have you your entire book of business is crossfitters i would love to see your book of business because i just think it's a little ridiculous but yeah um, okay. So how, so, so your, I was your done. trainer says don't ever do CrossFit. Yeah. So and I was then... done with bodybuilding. I, what, two years. I couldn't, I didn't want to diet that. I didn't want to do that diet anymore. I didn't talk about that real a, quick. Oh I don't think, gosh. I don't think people have any concept of the insanity that is required. It's hard to... and it's hard on your body though. My body functioned beautifully. It was probably one of the best things that I could have done for my body at that time. Did you like it? I loved it when I was... Not your body. No. The dieting. Oh, no. Okay. I love food. I love pizza. I love everything about it. In moderation, everything is fine. You know, with the bodybuilding diet, you are strict. You cannot even have a morsel because it's going to show when you like are shredding. and broccoli forever. Well, no. I had a great diet and I... Every Sunday was my prep day. I prepped for the week. So I did a lot of um, turkey, chicken, salmon. I was allowed to do sweet potatoes. I always had my protein shakes ready to go. I loved my steel-cut oats, which I'm back to eating right now. I would do steel-cut oats in the morning. I had to have a meal before I worked out. So I would do steel-cut oats with a single egg and green beans. How many calories do you know, roughly, are you taking in your bodybuilding? I would fluctuate. Um, on a load day, I think I had 1,400, and then on a cut day, I was somewhere 1,000, maybe a little bit more. She would take me up a and A load day down. or a low day? Load. A load. load. I was L-O-A-D. loading. L-O-A-D. Got it. Got it. so low. And all your workouts were tailored around if you were loading or if you were coming down. Yeah. That's just so few calories. And it is such a science. And... Man. I want to do it again, but I cannot get back in that mindset it's because tough. you have to be focused and you have to there's be. There's no deviation. No, there's no deviation. But she gave me a cheat meal. Mm-hmm. So every Sunday I would prep my meal for the week and then my husband and I, and it was the same thing. He would take me to a movie. I was allowed to share a popcorn with him and I could have my one Diet Coke because I'm a Diet Coke whore. One Diet Coke, and then he would take me for one slice of pizza. That was my cheat day. And then let me tell you what. When I went to sleep, I had a stomach ache. 
because that's how I serious it. I was in, but I had yeah, to have just my destroys your gut. I was listening day. to a podcast recently with Rob Wolf and he had a very interesting take on the, on the term cheat day <laughs> and it made perfect sense, but I, it's like, it's one of those things where you never grasp it until somebody says it differently. Mm-hmm. And he said, I've never understood the term cheat day because cheating inherently insinuates that you're somehow getting ahead. <laughs> but in nutrition, somehow we've attached cheat day to eating like crap mm-hmm. and somehow told us that we're somehow getting ahead when it's actually the exact opposite oh, yeah. when we set ourselves back. But oh, yeah. it was just an interesting, now I can't, now I can't hear cheat day mm-hmm. the same anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do a cheat day. And I'm like, well, that's a setback day. It's not a cheat day. If you are going to put your body and your mind through bodybuilding, you have to have a cheat day. I don't I, care what trainer listen, you're with. I'm not. I'm not arguing the psychological aspect of yeah. giving yourself a reward in mm-hmm. air quotes. However, you know, words have meanings, and cheating, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cheating doesn't necessarily so, really fit. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear, like, from a CrossFit standpoint, like the women that go into the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. I want to know what their cheat day is. I, I think it varies athlete to athlete. Does I, it? I mean, I can only speak to the ones that I know, which I is wanna only I want to hear about handful. Annie Thor's daughter. And I don't her know her. Day. I don't know her. I, I think they're just like everybody else, where the the those those meals that they eat that are not in line uh, are probably solely for psychological relief. Mm-hmm. You know, because the training is exhausting, mm-hmm. the nutrition is exhausting, mm-hmm. the recovery is exhausting, the mental aspect of prepping for the whole thing is exhausting. I think everybody needs a reprieve from Mm -hmm. the just total Mm -hmm. insanity that it requires to try Mm -hmm. to, to and I think the one, one thing I learned going through bodybuilding is when I start working out and you know this, cause you see me in class, Mm -hmm. I can totally suck at the warm up. I can whatever, Lala, whatever. And then once you start that clock, it's almost like when Terry there's says totally a lion suck, that comes out in me and I, I, I do want to preface when Terry says totally suck, what she means to say is not paying attention, <laughs> <laughs> but it's relentless. And the thing that I had to do in bodybuilding and my coach used to do to me, I was like, she's like, yeah, no, you're not working out today. I said, and it would destroy me because in your mind you get, no, I have to be lifting a weight. I'm not. I'm going to have a nervous breakdown because I have to do lift the weight. Yeah. So the, I think that's important. Uh, Talk about that a little bit from a psychological standpoint, because I think many people struggle. Mm -hmm. I was just literally left a meeting with another client Mm -hmm. where we were talking about this exact, the, the mental aspect of struggling with the, the fact that, Every day has to be game day type mm-hmm. deal and you have it's to crush not. yourself and there has to be like this epic event Mm-mm. that happens. No, when because you do that. when you have your diet in line and you are, you know, fueling your body in the right way, it's not always about going out and pounding the pavement. It's not always about going in the gym and doing, oh, I've got to do 20 sets of this and I have to do this and this and this. No, you've got your body needs to cycle. You have to get yourself in that rhythm of cycling through mm-hmm. and your body needs a, a rest day just like your mind needs a rest day. And when you're doing the fueling and everything like that, you're working on another part of your body. It's not always about pounding the pavement. And to I just think that's, day, a, I think that's just a very, I think that's a really hard concept for a lot of mm-hmm. people to grasp. They, mm-hmm. they, they feel like the, 
I don't want to, I don't really know how to describe this probably that if it didn't feel exhausting, then it wasn't beneficial. No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I, agree. I, I know it doesn't. that now. Take it from somebody who knows. And I, and I revert back there a lot of times when I'm flying across the country and I can't get into a CrossFit gym or I can't, oh, the hotel that I'm staying at, it's crappy. And all they have is a treadmill and some free weights. I've had to like really turn myself around and go, you know what, let's eat really well today and let's do a little bit of yoga mm -hmm. before you go to bed. Let's not have a slice of pizza, even though it's easy and it's you're running to catch your next flight. No, let's have the banana and let's have this and let's have your protein shake that you brought with you mm -hmm. and then do your yoga and stretch out and then get a really good night's sleep. You're going to Las Vegas tomorrow on the MGM Grand. It has a great workout facility. So let's wait. Let's do it the next day. So just make sure you're hydrating and feeding yourself correctly this day. So when you do get in the gym, your body's going to work more efficiently. That's, I think, the most important thing. Yeah, I just, it's tough. And I would definitely classify you as somebody who struggles with the rest oh, day yeah. or, or like just dialing it back in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had countless conversations oh, yeah. on the floor about. Hey, yeah. Just and I just, the last time I saw you, I down. came in and I was just like, yeah, I put on my freshman 15 and I can sit and I can joke about it. Mm -hmm. You know, my body's changed what? Six times over the, in the last decade. And it's an so ebb and flow. Can you can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because I'm, I'm, that's not something I can really speak to. Yeah. Like the heaviest I've ever gotten is maybe, I don't know, twenty pounds yeah. overweight. But well, does as that, a woman, I mean, so definitely, and I'm not a woman, so that's yeah. a, that's that's as important. a woman, we all, all of us, I don't care who you are, and Jen McSherry, I'll bring her up because I oh, just God. saw her on there. I look at her and I go, oh my God, I want her body. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. She's, it's beautiful. It's proportional. I bet you she's looked in the mirror at certain points and said, I don't know that there's a woman on earth. Yeah. Who then that's the point that I'm trying way. to make. But you know, when you're 250 pounds and you're a size 18 to a size 20, and then I go into gymnastics and oh my God, I'm in a single digit pair of pants. That's a huge moment. For you, me, it was in my life when I was in New York City. And where then are you go, at now with all of that? I'm still a single digit, if you can believe that. No, no, that. but I mean like <laughs> from, a, from a mental standpoint. Like, uh, do you it's hard because I joke around and say I'm going to be 50 in May. I'm 49 years old. You know, I went from bodybuilding. I, was, I fluctuated between a size 4 and a size 6. Now I'm between like I'm pushing an 8. But I can still get in my sixes and eights and things like that from when I was bodybuilding. But still, I see my body and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I have a role here. I have a role here. It's hard because. Are you sitting down when you look at those roles? I'm like, sitting I down, did, standing yes. up every angle I'm, I in always the mirror. Think that when I'm hunched over. You know what I mean? And I'm and like, look at this. <laughs> I think it right now, I think this is, even with bodybuilding and gymnastics and everything I've done, I think this is the happiest that I've been with myself. I'm in a why? great. Do you know why? Because I'm finally being who I'm supposed to be. Got and it. that comes from You're me with and within me. And it comes from having a working hard to have a great marriage with my husband. And my husband looking at me, not daily, but every time he talks to me, he's like, you know, you're beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're here with me and in this world with me. And it's making us all look bad. I mean, it's just. I'm in the place I'm supposed to be at, you know, and, and does, does that have a lot to ago, do with, to, does, uh, so you just started new, well, so we'll, we'll, we will talk about your new career here in a little <laughs> bit, but 
it, it does that have a lot to do with it too? Yeah. Okay. When you are actually in a job that my husband Feel makes like fun of you. me every day because I'm telling you, I put on my uniform to go to work and it's hard leaving because I'm gone for six days and I'll come home for two or three and then I'm back in the air. But I skip into the airport and all the flight, other flight attendants look at me like, yeah, you're new. It's going to wear off in a year. And I'm like, well, I hope it doesn't. Yeah, I think I get it. <laughs> I do. I get it. Don't you come into the gym? And no, you no, like I get it. Skip uh, in here and and I like, think that's a tough one for people to grasp, uh, particularly for people who travel a lot and, mm-hmm. and, and genuinely enjoy their profession. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I hate leaving home. Mm-hmm. That's because I, I, I love my wife. I think yeah. she's the bomb. Like, mm-hmm. I, my daughter's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I most of the time like the dog, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I, so, it, I, don't, I don't enjoy going, leaving them and, mm-hmm. and missing out on things. Yeah. However, I really get a lot of fulfillment from traveling and doing level ones and, and working with people that mm-hmm. teach me things and meeting people that have cool stories and hearing those transformations and all that stuff and, mm-hmm. and getting to practice the thing that I love mm-hmm. on the, on the, gr- on the mm-hmm. biggest stage of all. So I get it. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you like traveling? And no, I don't like traveling. I actually hate flying. <laughs> I do. I hate flying. I just literally sit in the plane. I'm like, we're going to crash. I'm going to die <laughs> like all the time. Uh, so I hate it. I, I, I literally hate traveling. I don't like anything about airports. Mm. Hotels are just the worst. Mm. Even the nice ones, I'm like, this place sucks. The only good part is it's quiet. Yeah. But that's it. I would pre- much prefer to be at home with my daughter yelling and, yeah. you know, the dog barking at nothing. So yeah. I get it. You know, there's definitely something to be said for like passion. You know, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll look over, you'll look past a lot of things mm-hmm. for, to do something that you love. I love it. It's hard when Steve drives me to the airport in the morning. I look at him and he misses me mm-hmm. when I'm gone. And it I was remember a you told hard, me. I remember you told was, me when you initially started, you were worried that he wasn't going to do well with that. Yeah, and yeah. he didn't. But there's where communication is, and having a strong marriage and a strong bond. Yeah. We've had to work through a lot of stuff with me getting on a plane every week and just leaving. And I miss CrossFit. I miss mm-hmm. the family here at Rife. Um, you know, I have a strong bond with several people so, here. So we'll rewind a little bit because I want. I'm guessing I think these are a little bit intertwined, but we'll find out. We'll go down the road. Um, talk about, so your trainer said, don't ever try CrossFit, and mm-hmm. then you didn't, and then you went to Fit 10, and then what What led you here? How did you well, get I was to done CrossFit, with bodybuilding. CrossFit? I was done with bodybuilding, and we live right down the street, so all I did was go in the search engine. Where are the CrossFit gyms? Update your SEO people. Yeah, I just went in the search engine, and I said, where are the CrossFit gyms? We went to, and Steve had two buddies in the Navy that own CrossFit Takeover. Yep, Brian and Andy. I went there first. Um, Did and he, I'm, he worked with Brian and Andy? I don't know if they work together, but they somehow know each other through the Navy. What, uh, what Steve was what, an electrician? No, Steve was, was aircraft. So oh, they he probably did fixed work together. all the babies. Both of those was... guys were air crew guys. So Okay, yeah. yeah okay. So they probably did. So I went there first, um, long way down from where we live. I didn't get that warm and fuzzy. So then Nothing CrossFit Rife. Nothing, Nothing against, against you guys. Nothing against you guys. They're so nice. 
Um, so then we came in a CrossFit Rife. The first person that came up and talked to us was your fabulous wife, Jess. And sale. we were standing in the corner and I was we're just watching. Yeah, he was with okay. me. We're standing in the corner and she sat and she talked with us for a little while and I was watching part of the class and I was just like, okay, I got to come, I got to come try. And then the, from the first time I came in to Rife, I got the warm fuzzy and everybody was so nice in the class. And I was signed up immediately. Was there something about? Yeah, the instruction. Okay. Here's what I missed. The warm at, fuzzy is what I'm asking about. The yeah. was there, what, what did, Here's what I like about Rife. I, the moment I came into the class and the thing that I was most worried about was I can't do what you're doing. I think that's everybody's fear. I can't fear. do what you're doing. And so immediately I started stepping way to the back. And they, I don't even remember who my first, I think you were the first teacher. It's either you remember, or Cassidy. Actually. And there was instruction. Stefan maybe? There was, no, it wasn't Stefan. Okay. There was instruction. There was, you're at your own level. It was a very, they made me feel so comfortable you know, even if I was on the smaller box and not on the bigger box, I was always looking beside my beside me going, oh, I'm going to get there. It's going to take me a month. And then the, the little lion in the Terry True Baker started mm-hmm. to come out. And then so every day from that day, I was like, I've just got to get better. I want to be doing that. I'm going to work and I'm going to do that. So I, th- I think there's probably, for the most part, two groups of people that come in those people that are intrinsically motivated mm-hmm. which you would fall into that category and the people that are just basically scared to death <laughs> and so you fall in that other one which is a which is an easier trance or uh, an easier journey for those people because they're they will kind of push fear to the side in mm-hmm. order to kind of chase whatever that thing mm-hmm. is um but i know not everybody is like that mm-hmm. but so but even even with you having that motivation still a little bit of a challenge oh yeah to come in oh yeah and do this stuff because oh, yeah you know oh we, yeah we can always make it harder mm-hmm. you know regardless of yeah. where you start off we can always make it harder mm-hmm. and i love olympic weightlifting i suck we all do but i love it and i've watched video after video after video of that damn snatch it's still the worst thing I do, but I love it. So every single day, even if I'm not here at Rife, I'm somewhere picking up something, trying to put it over my head and be better. You know what I mean? And that, that like, is like what... Like what? Give me an example. Oh, just whatever <laughs> I can find <laughs> to do a stretch. And now I have bands that I take with me. Got I take it. my jump rope. So I'll do a lot of stuff just in the hotel room. I wonder what they're doing at Rife. And for the first month of my new job, I couldn't even look on the Wattify because I would be destroyed. They're doing a workout. Oh, meaning you, you, (laughs) I just want to be there. It was better to not look. It was better to not look, especially when it was Olympic weightlifting, clean and jerk, snatch, whatever incorporated in. Yeah. Okay. And then how, when you, (laughs) when you came in to CrossFit, were you immediately comfortable being in the class? Oh, no. Oh, no. How, what did that look like? How, and how long did it take before? Okay, what is my anniversary? I've been here, what, two and a half years? I think so. Yeah. No, it took me a good month. That's pretty fast. It took me a good month. I'm pretty... If I'm not... This is weird to say, but two years ago, 
after coming from bodybuilding, coming back in and then putting on weight and then coming in very self-conscious still, I still get self-conscious no matter what, especially when I put on general body image. Yeah. Just my body image. I'm very self-conscious. Like it, I was wearing shorts in the beginning. Like today I would never come into a CrossFit class in shorts. Won't do it. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm now you wouldn't. Oh no, not right now. I won't. Cause I have put on weight, even though I'm joking and say it's my freshman 15. It's, you know, still as a woman, it's a big deal to me because the first place I gain it is in my legs. Got it. You know, so it's, it's a work in progress with me every single day. You know, to not put yourself down, to be comfortable and to be comfortable at the level that you're at. I think I'm comfortable at the level that I'm at you, because I'll always you, work hard. What do you do personally to try to overcome that? Because I think it's different for everybody. I just love myself. And but I mean, know what does that, that I'm look being like? the best that I can be. What does I that look like, made though? my board. Too what bad I that? don't have a picture of it. My goal board. It's almost like a um, motivation board. Like the one we do, or what do you put on it? What's on it? Oh, I have everything. Like I just have. Quotes um, or what? I put quotes. I have pictures of probably my favorite CrossFitters. I have. Who's on the board? Uh, Annie Me? Thor's daughter. I'm not on there. Mm-mm. That hurts. I don't have a picture of you. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. Annie Thor's daughter is probably one of my favorite CrossFitters. You do know that I am a seven-time Open athlete, right, Terry? Are you really? Yeah, seven times I've paid to enter the Open no. and compete with everybody else in the world. <laughs> I'll have to cut out my picture and put it on my board. Seven and I'm going to send time, you a picture of it. Seven times I've entered the Open, Terry, and, <laughs> and only maybe half have made it past that. Uh, I have a lot of black and white pictures of just, you know, the pictures that they have a female's body and she's just in the overhead squat position. Just like a silhouette. Just a silhouette. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of those on there. Of I have the overhead a skull. Squat? Oh yeah. Cause Why? it's my worst position ever. And I work at it every day. It's, it could be better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my squat is actually better because what's the one thing I can do in the hotel room? Squat. Squat. Just my body weight. So it's actually a, a such a better position for me. My chest is up. Terry, I'm going straight down. Terry Nicole, is, Nicole, I'm going straight down. Terry is the prototypical <laughs> athlete who will squat on a heavy day, like for a heavy back squat, and then look over at the coach to get acknowledgement of whether the depth was good, <laughs> at which point I would just have to crush her soul and be yeah, like, no. Yeah, every single time we did uh, them, you crushed my soul. Nope, that was definitely not the parallel. And then I parallel. had my sweet Reagan Payne standing next to me. It was good, it was good. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Terry, it was good. You're, you're, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a th- We were talking about that the other day. That's a, that's a tough one as a coach. I think Maureen and I were talking about that. I think she was calling Jared out about that's a, that's a really – I think I think you only kind of figure it out once you've become a little bit seasoned. But yeah. you 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 have to tell people that it wasn't good. <laughs> like you have to. Like the, it's it feels so bad because they just they just tried so hard, mm-hmm. and they like their eyes burst out of their head. Mm-hmm. But it was like a foot <laughs> above parallel. Like. <laughs> Was it close? Uh, Didn't you notice that I stopped taking the class that you were teaching? No, No, it was not close, but you tried really hard. Yeah. So Um, I'm going to give you props for trying really hard, but um, yeah, no. Yeah. So uh, there's plenty of those athletes in every gym. Yeah. And my general rule of thumb is if you have to ask me, you already know what the answer is. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's my board. I love my board. Okay. Sitting up in my spare room. I have a picture of it on my phone. I take it with me. I look at it. Do you update it regularly? No. It's just, it's set. Mm-hmm. Okay. I you set just go it. in there and mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I get it. I think uh, my I favorite I, picture on it is the skull and the crossbones that says "No guts, no glory." Okay, you had to have seen that one. Yeah, it's I think there. everybody's yeah. seen that one. I think that's a. I think that's an important concept because I I I really wish I remembered where I got this quote from, but I have no idea and I haven't been able to find it since. But the quote is, "Motivation is like bathing." It's not permanent and it should be done frequently. <laughs> and I think it makes sense. And I, because yeah. I think, I think there's this misconception about motivation that anybody who's successful just walks around and is motivated oh, no. all the time. They're just like, they wake up and they're motivated and just every, like, there's no, like, there's this magical place where you go where like nothing bad ever happens and there's no setbacks. And I just, that's not real. Mm-mm. And I think, once you a acknowledge that mm-hmm. and then b figure out what it is that motivates you and then systematically mm-hmm. place that in your life so that you can when you are down or when mm-hmm. stuff is going the wrong way you just go back and you revisit that mm-hmm. um then i think you it becomes easier mm-hmm. to get yourself out of a rut because that regularly mm-hmm. happens to me oh yeah you know where i wait and i'm just like you know 85 million things going on yeah and i'm just not i'm not motivated to do anything yeah and then it I recognize that and then I recognize it yeah. and I said, Hey, you are going down the path of mm-hmm. inaction where you're not going to do anything, yep. which is going to make you more angry. Yep. So whatever you have to do, you know, mine's goofy. Like I'll watch different YouTube videos and stuff mm-hmm. or I'll just play them in the background. Mine is a single phrase. When I'm laying over off a flight, I'm on a four day trip. I'm laying over at a hotel and I tell myself before I go to sleep at night, you're getting up. You don't leave your van picks you up at noon you've got to be on the flight at 1 30 you have plenty of time to go to sleep get up do a workout mm-hmm. i don't care if it's 10 minutes on the elliptical you're going to do some upper body mm-hmm. and then you're going to do your squats or your lunges across the I floor like i go to sleep i wake up in the morning and i'm like i'm exhausted i can't do it usually there's bad thoughts that go through my head you're fat you know whatever no and then I say to myself in the bed I'm laying there and I'm like you know what you have an easy day today you're going to get on the second leg of your flight and you are going to be upset with yourself and destroyed because you didn't do a workout just get out of the bed do it you've got 40 minutes get it done and you're going to be so you're going to feel so good by the second leg of that trip that's what I have to play through my brain as corny as that sounds how many times out of a hundred do you follow through on that? About 90 times out of 100. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've made it a point. Told you we got goals. No, we that's great. We got goals coming up in the new year. What are they? If you speak them out to the world, then everybody knows. No, I can't. You have to. I can't. Because then you'll be accountable to everybody. I can't. You'd be far more likely to achieve them if you told really? the world. Really? I think So it might be unrealistic in the next ma- year. It doesn't matter. So- I still want to. I still want to try as a master's athlete. Listen, go ahead. I still want to try as a master's athlete at 50 years old to qualify for the CrossFit Games. We got to work on those muscle ups. Then. I know. As a as a master's at 50 years old, I would love to qualify. Madison is probably one of the best places I've been. Madison's legit. It is amazing, yeah, and if you legit. have the chance to go to Madison, Wisconsin, you have to go. It's legit. Yeah. No, uh, going back to what I was saying, I. I have figured it, I think, and I think this depends on what kind of person you are, but if you're the person who is, is like big into accountability, mm-hmm. sometimes all you have to do is like put your goal somewhere public, mm-hmm. like whether it's on the internet or something like that, and you are far more likely 
to achieve it because you don't want to look like an asshole. Yeah. So 2019, I don't even know what the qualifier looks like this year. I'm still not really sure how all that works with regionals and stuff. So we'll, and I have to and dive you will be into, 50. I will be and 50 in May. So I would probably we'll, have to be in the 49. Yeah, it's tough to be on the back half of that age bracket on, in any age bra- on any age bracket. I know. So you could stretch the goal out and go for 2020 in the 50. In the 50. Okay. Yeah, but I've watched those women and they're beastie. I got to get beastie. Yeah, I mean, listen, all those women, all of the people that show up at the games are just freaks. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's impressive. I think I think the masters and the youth are more impressive than anything. Mm-hmm. I but mean, they only some compete of the for masters, three days, right? I don't. I think they only do three day competition, right? I think so. Well, yeah, yeah. the 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 individuals are the only ones who start early, like mm-hmm. Wednesday. But everybody else is Friday, Saturday, Sunday for so the most. The they goal might do something on Thursday. At but CrossFit Friday. Rife is to turn Terry Turbaker into a freak, so I can qualify. <laughs> yeah, better get on that, Nicole. <laughs> by twenty. Better get on that. We've got to get you those double unders too, by the way. Oh, in the hotel room, working them out. Yep. I got three in a row so far. Somebody else just told me they, oh, Joy. Oh, really? She, yeah, she said, <laughs> she was, same thing. She was on vacation and she was practicing. And I think yeah. she got, I think she said like 18 in a row. Where she was the, she was the prototypical athlete who was stuck in the single double, single double, mm-hmm. single double just forever. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't change the pattern. And I was like, listen, <laughs> you got to figure, figure it out. Well, I'm going to. Um, okay. I'm going to get pistols, a muscle up, and my double unders consistently. By when? By January 15th. Of 2019? Of 2019. Don't doubt it. Just I'm not. Let's flow. I'm not. Let's flow. Well, part of my job here is to, <laughs> is to help manage expectations. So. <laughs> well, it's not October yet, so the muscle up four months. Be, the muscle up might be a struggle. Okay. But I'm not saying it can't be done. We'll see. But we got to put some work in. Yeah. Okay. Um, for people that are hesitant about CrossFit, because I think part of that's part that is you know full disclosure that is part of the mm-hmm. point of this podcast is mm-hmm. to reach a broader audience, and because I I think there's a misconception about who the people in the CrossFit gyms actually are. Mm-hmm. I think everybody thinks that like every gym is full of Matt Frazier's and Catherine oh, no. David's daughters. Oh and, gosh, no. What, what would you tell those folks? To get in your, your nearest CrossFit gym and give it a try. That's it. I mean, you have to take the first step and walk through the door. And they're the most loveliest people that I've ever met. Even when I was in, where was I? Fargo, some, North Dakota. Okay. I walk, and I usually have to find it. And then yeah, you so tell walk. people what in your opinion, makes a good CrossFit gym. So that if somebody's listening to this and they want to know, so they have some sort of litmus test to say, yeah, this is is at least worth me trying out or Mm -hmm. going on to the next one. Great CrossFit gym. You walk through the door. You are welcomed. um, You are met by the coach or one of the other coaches that is actually in the gym, but they may not be teaching your class. They walk you in, they introduce you to the coach who's coaching your class. And then he's, you know, welcoming. He asks you what your level are. He asks you where you're at. He asks you what you're doing, what your goals are. And then he, or she, excuse me, or she. And then they um, pay attention to you in the class, especially if it's your first one. You know, they're giving instruction. 
um, to the entire group who comes in. Um, and then the community that you're walking into is very, very important because I've been to some great boxes across the country and then I've been to some so-so because, and it is the people that you're working out with. They've welcomed me in. You're, they're cheering you on no matter what you're doing. If it's something, I've walked into a partner workout where we're sharing a bar or you're yep. moving around weights and they're just wonderful. You know, even if I'm not moving the weight that they're moving, you know, I'm helping load that bar for them. They're helping take off the weight for me. And then it's just that whole camaraderie and it's saying great job. And it's my favorite part of any CrossFit is at the end of the workout when you've done your best and then every single member's walking around giving high fives, telling you great job, great job, great job. I would agree. First off. And it's also good when the coach, you have the coach that's standing in front of you before you're even touching equipment and they're actually demoing what you're actually doing. Mm. They're showing you the correct form. They're showing you how it's supposed to be done. And then they're showing you bad ways to do it. Don't get into this. Don't get into this. They're showing you the correct way to do the move. So on that note, so you just told us what is good. However, I do think there is value just like in demonstrating movement and showing what is bad. I don't mm -hmm. think you should do that all the time. But mm -mm. Uh, sometimes it's more important. You know, same thing we do in the WAD brief when we say, hey, mm -hmm. listen, this is what we want it to look like. But just in case you're confused, mm -hmm. here's what it should not look yeah. like as far as execution of the workout. Here's mm -hmm. what should not unfold. What would what would it, what would a bad CrossFit gym or a less than ideal Here's CrossFit gym experience less be? than ideal CrossFit gym and this is happening or gym in general we don't just to, a we gym don't in to, general we don't have to say CrossFit my biggest pet peeve is when you go into your first time in a new place there's no warm up mm. I just I kind of had to stop and I was like uh, we touched our toes two times and sat down on the floor. That does not constitute a warm up, and a good CrossFit gym, a maybe good gym, if you're a toddler, takes you through a warm up. <laughs> that is the most important part for me. And CrossFit Rife here, you're either on the bikes, you're on a rower, you're doing a jog, and then you're lining up on that wall, and you were doing some some warm up down the floor. I think those are the most important things. And then when you're going into the into the workout. Then you're pulling out the bar. You're going slowly through the warm-up, each of the moves. I think those are the most important things. So I fully recognize that I have a bit of an advantage in that realm, meaning like what a good class should look like. But I still haven't figured out why gyms wouldn't do that. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't understand. I don't, and, and granted, like I work for CrossFit, so mm -hmm. you know we're constantly evaluating and, and – trying to figure out like best practices and better practices. Mm -hmm. But I, I also, again, advantages from experience. I played college athletics. Mm -hmm. So warming up is just part of what mm -hmm. you do for obvious physiological mm -hmm. reasons, but it would, it's just weird to me. However, I do regularly just kind of stroll into a class, grab a barbell, and first time I go is on three, two, one. That's for different reasons. Not because I don't value warm-up, but just because yeah. I'm busy and it's like, hey, the priority is to get it mm -hmm. in, uh, even if the warm-up is not there at all. Yeah. And in those scenarios, like, I'll just slow down on the first round or something yep. stupid like that. That's the life of a gym, and gym it's owner, And it's interesting. Folks. I was in Cleveland just a week and a half ago, and I went to... Um, See Baker Mayfield? CrossFit... 
Sixth City, I think was the name of it. Um, small little CrossFit. Okay. Really nice facility. Where uh, when we can give a shout out downtown. Yeah, it was downtown. Okay. Um, I walked a mile and a half from my hotel to get to the CrossFit. That's about um, a mile saw the and a Browns. longer than I would have walked. <laughs> <laughs> saw the Brown Stadium. It was beautiful. Uh, the coach was amazing. And then there were only four other athletes in the class with me. And they were all wonderful. All of them talked to me. That's cool. He, There was a girl. We were doing bench press. We were doing bench press. And she did one warm-up with the barbell itself and then loaded on like – I want to say like 45s on each side and then put a 25 on there. And he looked at her and said, whoa, 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 let's back up. How about we start here and we build up to that? Called a warm up. Yeah. So I, I was, it was impressive. It was. Did she actually bench press that weight? Yeah. With him standing there. She she worked up to it. Yes. 185. Yeah. She was a hoss. That's baller weight. Yeah. She was a hoss. Okay. And the other important thing besides the warm-up is the cool-down. You have to have one. Why? I don't know. No. I just It's important. I think it is important for a couple it's reasons. It's very important. Uh, one, because, yeah, we actually do want to get the body back to homeostasis. Mm-hmm. But I think even more importantly than that, I think that is where community happens. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. But I think that's where community happens. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's it's mandatory for our coaching mm-hmm. staff. Like if, unless it's just the workouts going long and, but you got, you got to, you should be getting it way often, way more often yeah. than not. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. I got a couple of questions and then you can ask me anything you want. Um, do you read books or listen to podcasts? I read books. What well, are you reading anything right now that is good? Or have you read anything recently that's good? As, in reference to CrossFit? No, just in general. No. I'm actually reading um, – Steve and I joined our church. Okay. So we both have not been very religious um, through our lives, and we as a married couple decided to join our church, Calvary Baptist, That's right cool. around the corner. So I've been doing a lot of – and because I'm not there, I'm not going on Sundays, I try to always do – Because your travel. Because my travel, yep. I just try to always do some sort of Bible study or things like that. Okay. So I'm actually reading um, Tyler Perry right now, his, one of his books. Uh, about his story? About or? his story and it's he's got about an interesting his story. faith. His story is amazing. And killing me, I'm listening to Joel Onstein when I get in my car when I come home. It's Joel just, Osteen? Joel Osteen, yeah. I want to call him Onstein. Whatever. But – who who's given the um, lesson that day is Tyler Perry. So I got to huh. hear his entire story and that's the only reason I ordered the book. So got that's it. actually what I'm reading right now. Okay. Aside from my Bible study. Any podcasts or anything? Mm-mm. None. Except for this one. Except for this one. Except for this one. I saw Adrian's. It had, well, yeah, you saw a little bit of it. I did. Yeah. Uh, we will, hopefully we'll get all of them like fully released in audio mm-hmm. here in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, folks. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, if. And I adore her, Adrian. We all do. And when I first came to Rife, she's one of the first people who came up to me and started talking to me. It was very, very open and nice. She's a, she's a good and first I, intro. Yeah. And I haven't had the opportunity to take another class with Adrian in a long time. The Okay. So then uh, my other question is, with regard to your introduction in CrossFit, mm-hmm. if you could change anything about it. Uh, for either better or worse, what would it be? And this is more so me fishing for information about what we do here. 
if I could change anything about yeah. my introduction into Yeah, like when you came into CrossFit, like uh -huh. if it if it could have been better, what would you change about it? So this is for me and for gym owners hmm. that are listening that might be listening. I I don't know that coming in why well, always want the class to be longer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I always want more time set aside for I almost want the classes to be an hour and 15 minutes. So the 15 minutes is given like 10 minutes are given specifically to a warm up, And then there's an extra bit of time on the back end for like more mobility or for stuff more like mobility and more things like that. That's why we started doing a lot of the accessory. And I work. was just going to say, I loved the bit when you started to put the accessory work on the board. Just to give people a, a little bit and kind of force them to cool down mm -hmm. a little bit. Cause accessory work is not like a workout. I mean, it's mm -hmm. hard, but it, it, what we found that is that it leads to other things. It mm -hmm. leads to more mobility, more, mm -hmm. more kind of like bringing themselves down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I love that. I want more of that. Okay. All right. Cool. And it, again, it, it goes back to motivating yourself to. I think people just need guidance. Yeah. They don't know. To be present. Most people don't guidance. know what to do. So they're just, yeah. you know, like anybody. Well, mm -hmm. I've run out of knowledge here so i'm just gonna leave so i don't feel awkward mm -hmm. so, so that's why we try to give more guidance there. yep and i rewind back to when i say i couldn't look at the wads for a long time because i'm on the road and i used to get so upset because i wasn't there doing the workout with you guys now i look at the wad and i go okay how can i tailor this to being in this hotel mm -hmm. and this i'm have limited stuff so i'm going to tailor what they're doing to what i can actually and do change it I like and change it. it okay all right you can ask me anything you want I can ask you anything I want. Mm -hmm. hmm. no, no holds barred. No holds barred. Anderson Cooper style. Okay. I think I already asked you this question though. What do you want? A boy or a girl? And wait, if you have another girl, have you picked the names? If you have a boy, have you picked the names? And we're not allowed to divulge that info yet. So this, I, and I, this is, you know me, I'll give you the full truth. <laughs> I... <laughs> I, there is a, there is a very strong part of me that wants another little girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just love having a daughter. However, as a dude that's trying to carry out the family name, like mm -hmm. I kind of want a boy, my cousin who is also Fernandez, they have a little boy, so we're safe there. But, mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I really like having a little girl and I feel like if I had a little boy, he would be a big turd <laughs> and I would have to deal with him. Um, but I just hand him off to Jess and be like, listen, that's your, that's your son. Uh, the no. So the name thing, Jess and I had this out on her. And when Logan was, when she was pregnant with Logan, where she asked me, have you thought of names yet? And I said, no, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what? How am I going to think of a name if I don't know what it is? We well, should just look. And I said, that's not how my brain works. I don't. So wait, so, did you name Logan when you saw her? No, no, no. So we found out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I told her, I said, when when we find out what it is, then I'll go look for a name. Okay. And I think, you know, found out it was a girl. I think like two days later, I came back and be like, here's your options. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she was like, I like him. I'm like, I know. I just needed, I need to, for me personally, and I get it, everybody's different. Uh, I just needed to be able to envision a uh -huh. little person and like in my mind and then kind of like, you know go through the creative process of like, 
what do I want her to be like? What's your personality going to be like? Who's she going to be when she grows up and all that stuff. And I think then it just makes it a little bit easier for me at least. But I, I just find it and me always trying to be productive. I, I would, I would be more aggravated sifting through a book of names of girls for days on end, mm-hmm. not knowing if it was a girl or not. Mm-hmm. And I, and when it, and when, if I would find out it was not a girl, I'd be super pissed mm-hmm. about searching through all those names. Um, so you're going to follow the same process this time. So we're going to find out on uh, Saturday what it is. Yeah. So we're doing, we're doing, this probably won't be produced by then so that this will be in the past the we're doing a big meet weightlifting meet here yeah. the fall brawl for east coast gold yeah um and then we're doing the social that weekend too and jess was like well, let's just do a gender reveal and i said okay whatever so we have the results already we just haven't we don't know what they are we haven't looked at it oh you're waiting it's like a week okay yeah like a week okay so we'll find out and um i however i do think it's a boy because her pregnancy is very different than the first one. So, you know, at the end of the day, really, I know everybody says it. You're like, oh, I just want a healthy baby. But, you know, when it, after going through what we went through the first time, I'm like, yeah, just give me a healthy kid. Yeah. Like, that's that's all, I'm, yeah. all I really care about. So. Okay, am I allowed one more question? Sure. I think okay. Adrienne asked me 37. Did so, she really? Yeah, she just kept going. I was oh, like, that's you gotta fabulous. Stop. You got to stop. Okay. Go ahead. Realistically, now this will turn this back to me. Okay. Realistically, 2020. You think if I'm focused, I can do it? You can be honest. Like, I'm not going to. Oh, I will be honest. I, I I don't know. I have enough information to give you, like, a real solid answer. I, we'd have to go back and look at your logbook. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I'd have to. we'd have to get some data points in there to say, just because you've been traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure what's relevant anymore as far as times, mm-hmm. weights, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because we know... For the most part, what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. So what we'd have to do is we have to take that, you know, what all the qual. Well, if we look at all of the masters that at least made top two hundred, mm-hmm. at least like the regionals for masters, the way they did it. On average, we could get some like a list of metrics on there, stretch those out, and say, okay, where do we fall on these whatever it is, you know, sixteen categories, mm-hmm. and test that out. Um, and then go from there. So I don't know. Um, nothing's impossible. It just depends on how how far off we are on some things. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. And then and then having a very a very hard conversation about if that is what we want to do. Are we actually dedicated to putting in the time? Mm-hmm. Because I think that is something that is very grossly underestimated Mm -hmm. is if that is actually what you want to do or anybody who wants to do that, Mm -hmm. you're forfeiting most all other things. Oh yeah. No social life. Oh yeah. No food. Yeah. No free time. Mm -hmm. And I, that probably only gets harder as you get older because the requirements as far as recovery become very different, but Mm -hmm. then also the the time to get to a certain, the time to get stronger takes longer. The time Mm -hmm. to improve flexibility takes longer. Mm -hmm. You know, the volume that I'm trying to get over time has to be stretched out because I can't put that volume on a master's athlete in such a short period of time. So I think, uh, I think it depends. I think there's a ton of factors and then you have to, I mean, let's be real. Like 
playing sports, like you have to throw some luck in there. Mm-hmm. Like the cards have to fall. Yeah. They have to kind of fall to some degree and your strengths at the right time, at mm-hmm. the right at the right point in the qualification mm-hmm. process, whether it's the open or regionals or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so some of that is, is a factor, you know, like what it, are the things that pop up really in your wheelhouse or they kind of fall like in the, you know, like maybe this will go well if I'm feeling good today type. Uh-huh. So maybe, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. All right. That's it. That's, that's all you it. got for me. That's all I got. Cool. Thank you for your time, lady. Thank you. All right, guys. As always, uh, if you want to follow us on any of our social media handles, CrossFit Rife at Facebook, CrossFit Rife on Instagram. Once we get the podcast up, we will release that and kind of push it out everywhere, but it will be on iTunes once it's all edited and released. And if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up at Jason at CrossFitRife.com or just hit us up at CrossFitRife.com and you can contact, contact us directly through the website. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Ha, <laughs> ha.